Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Rod Santamassimo. Thanks for being on the show, Rod. Hey, Whitney. Great to be a guest. Appreciate you having me. Now, Rod is the founder and president of the Massimo Group, a professional coaching company focusing on helping independent contractors, solopreneurs, and small business owners build the business and life they desire. He's the author of three books. Rod has recently been designated as a best boss in commercial real estate by Globe Street and is a two-time recipient of Duke University's... How do you pronounce that, Rod? Fuqua. Fuqua School of Business Impact Alumni of the Year. Rod, thank you for your time being on the show. I know you just have a tremendous amount of value that I know you can bring to the listeners. You're helping so many entrepreneurs just grow their business. So looking forward to diving in. Give us a little more about about you, the Massimo Group, and what you all do, and let's dive in. Well, yeah, the Massimo Group is a coaching organization of 30 plus coaches now across North America. We have clients mostly in North America, but some in other countries throughout the world. And we focus on developing individuals, teams, solopreneurs, and the contractors into building businesses, true businesses versus many just chase transactions, which isn't a business. And that's what we do. Awesome. Well, let's jump into that a little bit. I know there's many listeners right now. They're all, I mean, most of them are either small business owners or either they're, you know, looking to invest passively in real estate because they, you know, they're operating a small business or either they are looking to operate that small business that they're hoping to expand and grow on the real estate side as well. So, Rod, you know, why don't we just dive in there a little bit? I know you recently also wrote a book called Knowing Isn't Doing. And I love that title because it's so true. But, or I guess, why don't you start us with what? Does that mean a little bit? Give us a what's that book going to teach us, and, and that'll probably help us just to help the entrepreneur listening right now as well. Yeah, so the entrepreneur that listen, your listeners may hear something on this show or other episodes you've had, they're going to shake their head and go, "Yeah, yeah, I know that, right?" And, and the problem is, well, knowledge is it's valuable, right? But it has no currency unless it's applied to something. So knowing isn't doing. When I wrote the book, I kept on saying that and. People said, Rod, it's really a negative title. Don't use that title. And I said, you know what? But this is the problem. It's the difference between thinking and wishing and hoping versus actually understanding, applying, implementation, and doing. So we called the book Don't Kid, K-I-D, K period, I, D period, as in don't kid yourself, knowing isn't doing. And that was a foundation for anyone to say, this is the plan I can take to look at myself, look at my business, treat it as a business and attack it to build that business to achieve the goals I want. That's what it's all about. Let's dive in there. I love that. I mean, the difference in thinking and wishing versus implementing and doing. uh, Yeah, so true. Let's dive in. How do you typically help someone get through that? I mean, what's some of the first steps that somebody listening right now could take so they can start implementing if they do have that thought process of, oh, you know, I know how to do this, but really they haven't implemented it yet? Yeah. So let's take your audience. And most of your audience is going to be interested in either growing, maintaining, stabilizing, whatever be their portfolio, right? 
And so when people come to me and say, Rod, what's the one thing I could do to, to make money? And you and I wouldn't even laugh at that because, look, if I could tell you the one thing, well, you and I retire, we'd be rich, and we'd be done, right? And you know, it'd be over. And so that theory of silver bullet is just not true. But there is, in fact, silver buckshot. It's just if you do a lot of little <laughs> things consistently and do it well, you're going to make some real money. So the one thing I always say is to anyone says, you know, there's no one silver bullet, but I ask you this, let me see your calendar. And if they show me a calendar that's not truly structured for success, then I know they're just waffling and just chasing deals. That's all they're doing. So I would ask your audience, what's your day look like? How is it formulated? Maybe if you're a passive investor, certainly you're going to work. I get that, right? If you're a professional investor, this is what you do. You invest, you manage, you stabilize, and that's what you do. But do you have a structured day, month, quarter that I would look at and say, okay, I know I'm doing certain things at certain times. And this allocation of time is one thing. That's the knowing. But the implementation of the three resources that you do have, right? Implementation of time, of money, and of people that can help you achieve the investment goals you're looking for. Nice. Yeah. Our calendar can reveal a lot about what's important to us, right? Where we're spending our time, what our goals are. Help us to think through that a little more, Rod. I know, I mean, my calendar can be so full at times and I mean, I have to stick to it very closely, but what are some, maybe in helping us to maybe goal set a little bit and think through our calendar, how are we reaching those goals? How is our calendar connected and to achieve those goals? Yeah. So let's take the mindset of an investor and so the first thing I'm trying to identify some properties, right? And then they're going to put some bids out maybe. And then they're going to maybe work with a broker and not and go through the whole due diligence process. And finally, maybe one day close, right? And then they start receiving cash flow from all this work they did. The problem with that is, and the problem with a lot of vocations, frankly, is the effort is not very well correlated to the award. So if you're doing hard work one day, you don't see that it's going to lead to something three months, four months, six months down the road, right? And then think about it, as an investor, you're doing all this due diligence and nothing's working. The properties aren't working out for you. There don't be qualifications. But then one day you're going to sell a property and realize all those returns, right? And when you dispose of the property, the gains you can receive are going to change your life. That's a fact. So how do you equate that to the day's efforts? We have an approach I formulate the Mossimo Group called I paid. Was I paid today? If you can answer yes to this question with me, was I paid today every day? You're going to make money. You just are, the way it works. And this is how it works. I paid, which of course is an acronym, so here, break it down. Number one, did you identify what you need to do? Truly identify the top priorities you need to get done. P, prioritize what you need to do, right? A, allocate what you need to get those priorities done. Time, money, people. Time, money, people. Many times you're thinking, I got to do it myself. And that's most people's worst error, thinking you got to do it yourself. You don't. There's people qualified that can do it. I, though, P, so identify, prioritize, allocate. Now, the second I is the hardest part, Whitney, and that's the implementation. You've got to do it. You just do. And that's where the calendaring comes into play. Did you allocate the time, allocate the people, allocate the resources to implement and do it? Final D as well as two Ds, and that is either delegate, which I prefer, always delegate, or delete. Some people say, no, you know, the other D rod could be defer. I said, you can't do that. You can't, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. 
Because what we found is when you keep on deferring things, those things that you thought were motivating, in fact, are the opposite. They're demotivating because you're not getting it done. So we don't believe in that. There's no deferment. Either you delete it or you delegate it, but it's done. And use that I paid approach, Whitney, every day, and you'll start correlating effort to reward down the road. I like that. I'd like to learn a little more about that as well. It reminds me, I read a book recently called Getting Things Done by David Allen. You know, I don't know if you've read that or not, but it's similar. You know, just in thinking through like, how are we prioritizing the things we have to get done? And I love how you talked about don't defer it, delegate it, who's going to do it or delete it uh, and knock it out right now. But ultimately, prioritizing, yeah, identifying and prioritizing first is so important. What do you see as a big holdup for most entrepreneurs going through this process? Well, certainly they allow the whirlwind of their lives to come into play, right? And that's because in their calendar, they didn't plan accordingly for the whirlwind that's going to happen. I don't want to see blocks of time from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on doing these things. No, you set up a lot of white space in your calendar for the whirlwind that's going to hit you. It is, right? There's no doubt about it. The second thing is they don't, they refuse to delegate. They're thinking, I'm better, I'm smarter, I'm faster, I can do it. And that is just wrong because there's so many people out there can do things better than you, faster than you. And even if they can't do it faster than you, they can certainly do it cheaper than your time is worth. So in that case, that's when people lose it by not understanding the true delegation and trusting and empowering people to do things for you. No doubt. It's a hard transition. And I'm still, I mean, I'm always working on that. What else can I delegate? What else can I hand to somebody else on the team as our team has grown, no doubt our other team members are better at specific things than I ever would be. And and I don't want to be that good at those things. That's why we've hired them, right? To do those things. Could you just help us, Rod, think through delegating a little bit, some ways that who's our first hire there? Who's somebody that can help us? And it's difficult. I know so many people that ask me about using virtual assistants because we've used them a lot. I mean, we couldn't have gotten where we're at if it wasn't for a team and for using VAs and doing lots of things. I like that. But how do you help people to get past that mental block of delegating? How do we do that? Sure. There's two ways I'd say, Whitney. Number one is I read a book. And Whitney, like you, I see your bookshelf, my bookshelf, my extensive. I dive into every book. And my goal every book is to get one sentence. I get one sentence that changes the trajectory of my business. It's worth a couple hours of a read and whatever nominal dollars, right? So in this book called Hyper Sales Growth by Jack Daly, there was one nine-word sentence that really changed the trajectory of my firm. And that was, if you don't have an admin, you are one. And you think about that. If you don't have an admin, you are one. So you're doing work. You're doing $10 an hour work. You're trying to make multiple millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars on an investment. What the heck are you doing, right? What are you doing that for? That comes number two. Well, I can't afford anyone else. You're kidding, right? You're looking at making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or maybe millions of dollars on some investments and you can't afford paying someone $20, $30, $40, $50 an hour to do things you shouldn't do? Are you going to manage your own properties? Really? Really? What are you talking about? Are you going to go out and survey the market? And hey, look, why not next time you get a go for a property? Why don't you just do the survey yourself? Why work on a professional? Go survey the property yourself if you feel that way, right? Go appraise the property yourself. You know, to Go look at all the HVAC and the engineering yourself if you really feel that way. Of course you wouldn't do that. You would depend on professionals. And the same thing goes true with your time. That's so number one, get an admin. Number two, understand your time is too valuable to be doing those things. And just there's so many sources out. So like you said, virtual assistants, 
We use them all the time. You got to focus on that. What about, I'm going backwards just a little bit here, but as far as like identifying and prioritizing those things that we can delegate or just that need to be done on a day-to-day basis, do you have a way that entrepreneur that's kind of coming into this, looking for growth, how do they figure out what those things are? I mean, sometimes it can be even overwhelming, right? When we start making these lists of things that need to get done. Well, it's a couple of lists. First of all, you should have two lists, right? The most important list you can have is your not to-do list, not your to-do list, but your not to-do list. And your not to-do list is very simple exercise. Just if any investor, just go through the process of what it means to identify, research, determine if this is something for you. Every step you take, and I'm telling you, it's going to be scores of steps. I mean, if you get to the micro level, and then you look at that and you go, what am I doing this for? First of all, you can hire a broker to do you know, the vast majority of everything you're probably doing. You could. And well, I don't want to pay broker's fees. Really? <laughs> that's that's what they do, right? So pay the broker fee and get the return you want and stop wasting your time. That's number one. So always look at your not to-do list of things you can get rid of and shouldn't be doing. Because although you think you could do it better, faster, everything we talked about, you can't. And it's holding you back. That is what's holding most investors back. It just is, right? As far as prioritization, yeah, we look at once you identify your now your to-do list. What's the high dollar best use? You know, look, how does an appraiser look at a, a lot? It's based on what? The value is based on what of that lot? What is it? Tell me. Yeah, maybe other lots or location or... It's the highest and best use, right? That's right, it. Right. This is the highest and best use from an appraisal standpoint. So what's the highest and best use of your time? <laughs> really? You guys are asking these questions. I get it. It's hard when you start now. It's hard to think, oh, God, I got to spend money. You're investing in others to help you grow. That's what people do. That's why we're as successful as we are. People invest in themselves so we can help them grow. That's what we do. What's the top key things or maybe a couple of things where, that have pushed those entrepreneurs that you've helped to that seven and eight figure business? Well, number one is they invest in themselves. Yeah. That is just it. I read an article, I saw an article shared by a mutual friend of ours that Russell Wilson was a quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. He invested a million dollars in self-improvement last year, right? And people are going, wait a minute, but the guy made $35 million based on his contract. Well, you break that down by his agent fees and his taxes. So it, what it means is the guy invested 5% of his income in himself, which is a hefty number. It is, right? I find that top producers, they invest in themselves, either with us or other ways and other people. So are you willing to invest in others? I say that's the number one provider of that. And then once they start doing that, how they go from six figures to seven figures, or those ones from seven figures to eight figures, well, those folks, they work their butts off. They will not be outworked. And people don't like to hear that. I know that. But good old-fashioned boots in the ground, working your butt off, that still makes you a huge differentiator if you're doing the right things, right? The silver buckshot. If you're doing those things, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, if you go through just that I paid model acronym like you talked about and you're willing to work hard, you're going to go places, especially if you're willing to invest in yourself. Like you mentioned, it's interesting talking about that guy, a million dollars or 5% of your income. Yeah, and he'll make that probably more in addition to his income next year because of that investment. I'll interrupt you quickly. I, I was driving home. I actually took a long weekend this past weekend. And on the way home on Sunday, I got a call from one of my clients, one of our top producing clients. And he was just telling me everything he was doing that day. Everything he was doing on a Sunday, 
people he was talking to, properties he was driving, understanding he's working on himself and his family and his goals. Because let's face it, during this pandemic, okay, now there's some sports back and there's some things to do, but generally it's a great time to work on the goals. Are investors willing to work all day at their job and at night look for properties and on Saturday and Sunday drive those properties and knock on doors? You know, that's going to be the difference. You know, Rod, I'd love your opinion on this, but I find that most successful entrepreneurs have a high level of self-discipline. How did you gain such a high level of self-discipline or help others do that? Well, first of all, my father made sure I worked. <laughs> you know, a lot of this is it's ingrained in you from your youth. It is. I can't even remember that when I started working, right? But I was double bagging, catting when I was 9, 10, 11 years old, and I was always working. And that's just what I was, it was instilled in me, you needed to work. And then I became an athlete. I played Division One lacrosse, and I knew in order to get there, I was a small kid, you have to work and work every single day. And I was able to correlate quickly, well, how did I get this? Well, I worked my butt off. How did I get that? Well, I worked my butt off. And so you can start correlating the discipline. It's easy to determine this is how you make it. And by the way, that is an absolute trait of top producers. We call that the dominate, with the dominate acronym. And D is for discipline. They are highly disciplined. Nice. What are a couple habits that you have that maybe on a daily basis that you are disciplined about doing that have helped you achieve success or you see in others? Well, number one is goal setting, without a doubt, every day. So just make it really simple. Instead of, oh, I hate goal setting. Just say, what's going to win the day? What's the one thing? If I do this one thing, I'm going to know I'm moving forward, right? Making progress. So goal setting is every day I goal set. Every day, probably almost every day, I may take a day off. If I'm traveling, I work out. And now maybe only 30 minutes on a treadmill or maybe in an hour class or on a run or a bike ride. But every day I'm working out because that clears my head. It just does, without a doubt. And then every day I reflect. I reflect on not only the work, but what can we do better? What do we do? I always think what we can do better. Always. Even a win, what can we do better? Especially on a failure, what can we have done differently? But also, I have bigger goals, annual goals, personal goals, family goals. Always reviewing those and am I on track to where I want to go? Any other tips for goal setting? I know that's important to you, obviously. Anything else you can share there just to help us as we're goal setting, thinking about the day versus month and year and 10 years? Yeah, everyone understands, I'm sure your audience, what a smart goal is, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, right? All that smart goal stuff. But they need to be. For example, we work with a, a new client and he tells us, I, I just talked to someone before this phone call. And he told me he only made $60,000 last year. And I said, okay, what's your goal for next year? And he said, $250,000. I said, so how the hell are you going to forex <laughs> your income? Just tell me. I'm curious why you think you're going to do that. I don't know. That's why I'm going to hire you. I said, well, that's great. But is that goal realistic, right? So first and foremost, there's nothing wrong with starting small and building winning streaks, right? And I really believe in that. I realize people say bag, B-H-A-G, big, hairy, audacious goals. Eh, that's yeah, okay. Maybe you throw one in there, but build winning streaks every week, every month. If I do this, okay. So let's say an investor wants to start building our significant multifamily portfolio. Well, maybe you start with a duplex, right? So get the duplex running, figure it out. What is right? What's wrong? What do you like about? What do you don't? Then move to a quad. Then move to a small garden apartment. 
The next thing you know, you're you're up there in a portfolio. You're the next multi-family king of real estate. But start small, figure it out mistakes, build winning streaks. That's key. What's a way you've recently improved your business, Rod, that we could apply to ours? Yeah. Well, this is going to sound uh, self, what's the right word? This is going to sound self-serving. My wife thinks I'm addicted to this one thing. I don't, I will tell you, I've never smoked. I'm doing drugs, but I am addicted to getting coached. I am. I get coached by so many people. Now, when I wrote my book, I got a book coach. When I got a book promotion coach, now I got a, on my sales team with the pandemic. I'm like, well, what do we got to do different? So I got a sales coach. Then I got a sales trainer coach for me to manage my sales team. I always get coached. I've been coached by Donald Miller, Gary Vaynerchuk, and the list goes on and on and on because I know I need to keep on learning if I want to keep on growing or I'm going to start dying and I don't want to start dying quite yet, right? So yeah, to me, it's always investing in myself. Love that. No doubt. And maybe it relates to this next question, but the number one thing that's contributed to your success. That's a tough one because there really are two things. Certainly investing in myself has made a big difference. But going back to what I said earlier, if you're not an admin, you know, when I started out the Massimo group, it was me and my wife. But that's, you know, that's all it was 12 years ago. Me and my wife. The group today is, I think, around 40 individuals of both coaches and support and marketing and sales and tech and all that good stuff, right? You got to understand, let other people do the things that you're not as good at or shouldn't be doing. If you're willing to do that and willing to invest in other people, pay them a fair or better than wage, let them understand they're empowered and trusted. It's amazing how successful you can be. Can you speak to quickly just working with a team like that to build success? Yeah. I wrote my, I wrote my second book was Teams Built to Dominate. And even though that was only four years ago, and that was all about integrated teams and full-time workers, we're not there anymore. The world has changed. Of my 40 team members... I think four of us, five of us are employees, right? And that includes my wife and I. So three are really employees. Today's team is all scalable. You can, you can run a team on Slack. I don't suggest email for anybody. It's just not a, a team orchestration tool. There are many portals like Trello or Monday. or There's a lot of team orchestration that you can use. But we Slack and people all over the, the globe are my team members Slack me and I see instantaneous and coordinate. I do believe you should have meetings. I do believe meetings in Zoom. Now, we've been using Zoom for eight years. So everyone's like, this thing's incredible. I'm like, it's been around for eight years, folks. <laughs> so every week, every Wednesday, I, they're independent contracts. They don't need to show up, but they do. Every Wednesday, we just talk for 30 minutes. What's going on? What, how can we work? So communication is going to be key to you. And you just find a tool that allows you to orchestrate what needs to be done. And how do you like to give back? How do I like to give back? I give back in a couple of ways. First of all, I give back monetarily with charities. We have our favorite charities that we always give back to. But I always said once my kids went, I give back to the, the community. We just started a scholarship fund for minorities. And I'm happy to say we actually were one today. So that I'm thrilled about. But for me personally, I always told myself, I told my wife, you know, the kids go off to college, which now they both are. 
I'm going to get back and start coaching lacrosse again, just because that's something I, and there's little kids, not these big kids that can talk back at me. <laughs> so so I, spend my, I spend my Sundays coaching these little tiny kids on how to catch and pass and not fall down. So. Wow. Well, Rod, I'm grateful to have met you and just exposed our listeners to you and your coaching platform. And, and just the iPaid, I love the iPaid acronym too, and just helping them think through some of those things. That's incredible. Where can the listeners get in touch with you and learn more about you? You make it simple. Just go to Mossimo. That's M-A-S-S-I-M-O. Mossimo.coach. C-O-A-C-H. Mossimo.coach. You can find us there. We have a bunch of the websites and Facebook and LinkedIn and everything like that and personal websites. But given how complex my last name could be, just go to Mossimo.coach. You can find out about us. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.